Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Maximum Octane. I am super excited for my friend to be on here today, and um, this Jean-Anne St. Grace. And Jean-Anne is one of those people when you meet somebody and you're like, those those are my people. Those are my people. And you just kind of know right away. And so we, we met through work situation and uh, I used to facilitate a 20 group that Jean Ann and her husband were part of. And, um, and, and now we get to be friends outside of the work. So it's always great. So thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Um, this is my first podcast and I'd like to do more of this. So this is really cool. And you were one of my people from the start, even though there's times when you were terrifying. <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew that you were just always pushing us to be our best selves. And now that's my my work too. So now we have that in common and we get to to be like work buds and play. That buds. is so That's funny awesome. all the time when I hear about how terrifying when people meet me and I'm like, but why? And they're <laughs> like, cause you just, just are. So I, I don't know, but you, you, I don't even know if you say own and operate cause it's kind of a calling. Your calling now is the simple heart sanctuary. And what's kind of neat about this is you started out in the automotive sector and then things happened in life. And now you're doing something completely different. Although there was a lot of similarities because you were coaching your employees and doing a lot of the same people work, but it just didn't seem so obvious then. So. Yes. And it's amazing how, while we were working on people's cars, we were also working on their lives and their persons. And a lot of times when they were coming to us in a car crisis, they were also in a personal crisis. And like some, I'm not comparing any means what we did, but it's almost like being a first responder because without their cars, what do they do? I need logistic support. I need an alternative. I need, I need ideas. And I found myself a lot of times in that space being like, okay, well, here are options. Let's figure this out. And I was a lot of times their answer, even beyond I can get your car in and get it looked at. So it's funny not funny that I'm doing that now full time rather than, and there's no cars involved. So it's. <laughs> well, you know, people don't realize that when you're in the service business, you're serving the person and whatever it is you're selling is just a vehicle to deliver that service, whether it's automotive repairs, if it's ice cream, if it's anything else. And 
it's that's how you're serving people is is through that and with being in the automotive industry and, and and just like we're seeing now with the hurricane stuff the plumber no one cares about anybody's phds or and again i i am not knocking higher education or anybody else's calling but right now the the emergency is get on the get us food get us water get us electric get my car running not the other stuff. And so there's times that those fields and and those professions become more important than somebody's doctor, more important than anything else. Because if you have to get somewhere, you have to get to safety or you need to have your vehicle running. Right. And, and the other stuff doesn't matter in their heads. And it's, we don't realize how upset sometimes, like you said, when they come in, there's, there's something going on in their life that they need that car to get to. And when they're, they get crazy, it's not so much about the car, right? Yes. And it's, it's important for the person greeting them at the counter to understand it's not just about the car, right? These people are in some crisis and, and a lot of people sadly, or just through talent or programming or how their personality is, once they're in crisis mode, they can't operate at all. All they can see is the crisis and they can't see past it. And it's, I mean, that's almost any crisis, right? We get jammed up with a customer. We get jammed up with a, a coworker, an employee, and it just colors the rest of our day. And we don't think, oh, hey, maybe they had a fight with their spouse right before they came in. Or maybe because the car is not working, they're going to miss some important meeting that hinges the rest of their life. Like we don't know what's going on in the background. And I wish I knew then what I knew now. I've always been pretty intuitive about people, but to have more grace in that moment, even though I tried as much as I could, there were times when you're like, I just can't deal with you. You need to leave, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and one of the empowering things I remember from our initial touch with ATI was not every customer is your customer. So it's important to separate out this just isn't your customer against this person is in crisis and really needs your help right now. And that was a powerful moment for me. I will never forget. It was Ken that, that said that. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Somebody, somebody made sense of it. Yes. You know, when, when you just mentioned about when people are stressed out or they're in crisis, I mean, that's a basic thing from when we were cave men, right. And cave women and cave persons and whatever we have to say today the fight or flight the 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 survival and how you get in that zone and that hyper focus because of of what happened when when in the beginning of we we had to put all of our energy all of our hearing all of our seeing and laser focus on that one thing in in order to survive and so Mm -hmm. that's still that's still in our lizard brain and that's a hundred percent. And I didn't, for a long time, I didn't realize how adrenalized I was working behind the counter, like customer, clipboard, technician, order parts, going on break. Like there's all these things and that keeps us in this heightened state of awareness, but it doesn't always serve us. And for me, I was holding my breath a lot and then I wasn't oxygenating, oxygenating my brain. And then I'm just in panic mode. Right. So these little like clues, like you're talking about the lizard brain, breathe, 
stop and take a minute for yourself. Even if there's a million people around you, just take a minute and center yourself. Where am I? What can I touch and feel? Right. And just ground yourself back into the moment and then do the thing that needs your attention right now. And I don't, I don't people think people realize, especially people that are trying their best, they might be having a hard day. So their best might usually be a hundred, but on that day, it's only a 50. And we have to allow, right, for that humanity to come through and then have compassion and understanding. And a lot of times I would just flat tell either my husband who was managing the shop or my employees, look, I'm having a bad day. I need your help. And in that moment, just saying it out loud, everybody was like, okay, she's not just absolutely losing her mind. She's having a bad day. And then they would, and then they would work with you a little bit better. I could get a little bit more out of them that, that normally that I could pick up, but they would, they would step up for me. And that's the beauty of a team is if you can get that person who's off their game that day to just say, look, I'm having a bad day and I need some extra help then that shifts the whole energy because now it's a service. Everybody's coming together as a team to work rather than one person being a maniac and the other people standing back going, they've lost their mind. It shifts the dynamic. Well, you always hear that too. When somebody's upset, visibly upset, whether it's their tone, their body language, how they're acting different, but people walk around mumbling, Oh, what's up there? You know what today, or somebody, Uh you know, did something to their cornflakes or, whatever. And so when you don't include people in here, here's what's going on in my world, or this is where I'm at right now, they take it like you're in it, you know, you're offending them and you're doing something to them and you're, and it's really just what's going on with you. And it's very easy to say, don't let things interfere and treat every kindness, no matter what kind of mood you're in and all, but I'm still learning all of that. <laughs> you know, it's hard to shut all that off, right? When you're going through something. Right. And we're all human. And something that I'm learning about right now is that not every human can be managed exactly the same. There are some people who can't come to you and say, you know, Kim, I'm having a bad day today because you can't hear them. So they're going to like, like you said, stomp around the shop a little bit, stop around the office waiting for somebody to ask them, are you okay? And then they can speak, but unless somebody asks them, they can't be heard. And without that recognition of, I see you're having a problem, tell me about it, they have no way to express it. And um, so I'm learning this new system of, of people and how they're programmed. And there's a group of people, although they're, they're not the biggest group, there are those people. And that's going to be the one who's hiding in the corner or like a synth stomping around. We had a wrench thrower, you know, (laughs) that's not helpful to the situation. And I wish I, I had known this then to be able to go to him and say, looks like you're having a bad day. How can I help? Instead of standing back going, well, he should just be able to figure this out. He probably can't. Well, so I, I, think, I wish I'd known that. Yeah, because I think it's just much easier for people from the outside to look and say, oh, something, you know, they got to be in their bonnet. And because I, most managers, I, I think, really try and leaders to have an open door policy and tell their people all the time, if something's bothering you or, or you have a feedback you want to give or you have a question, I have an open door policy, come and speak to me. But so many times and more often than not, people don't come in and use that open door and they don't do it. So if you're just waiting for 
everyone to come in and say, here's everything that's bothering me. Here's what's, you know, I need help with. It's not, it's not going to happen most of the time because there are people that don't want to speak or can't speak, like you said, until somebody offers the invitation first. What are some of the other traits that you're learning about now? That, that some people are naturally detail oriented and some people are just like 30,000 foot views and they, and they can't overcome it. And, And some people are like, one of the ways we talk about this is like the kind of vehicle that they are. There are semi trucks. And once the semi truck starts rolling, it's got a plan. It's got a destination. They're going, they're telling you, this is where I'm going. Right. You don't you don't really get to to be involved. And if you're in traffic with them, they've got the right of way. And then there's the diesel trucks and the diesel trucks are like your everyday workhorse. They are going to get it done and and you just have to point them in the direction. But you've got to point them in the direction because they don't know which direction to go themselves. So they're once they're pointed in the right direction, that diesel engine goes and they're just like powering it out. And then their, their next level is the sports car. And this is like your Lamborghini. They're fast, they're smart, they're quick. And you might point them in the right direction, but their details, they're, they're going to hit the detours. They're like, oh, here's a curvy road that feels good. I'm going to go this way, right? And so they need a little more, like, you got to narrow your path here a little bit. So knowing how they are wired and what kind of vehicle they are. The other one that's a real challenge, and there's not very many of these, thank goodness, is they're like an underwater submarine car, like from James Bond. And they're looking at everything. This is the guy that if you want to know head to toe what's going on with this car, damn the torpedoes, he's going (laughs) in and you're going to know everything you needed to know, even if all you needed to know is if a taillight was out, right? So knowing... Having, I, having wished I'd known this, there was one of my guys that he'd, he'd check an alternator or charging system issue. He always forgot to give me the alternator output. Well, the battery's dead. It needs a battery. Where's the alternator output? Oh, I forgot. I mean, bless his heart. He was an amazing guy, but there, there was like this stumbling block there, right? So I needed to give him a checklist. A, B, C, D. What's the alternator output? But he was one of those guys you could put him on a project and he would just go. But sometimes he needed to maybe get back on the path a little bit. So knowing that about my employees would have been so much easier to manage them rather than struggling with what I would call previously like personality stuff. Now, you know, it's just the way they're wired and you have to work to their their strengths and put them in the right direction. So how does somebody go about finding that out? It's, it's, a, it's very simple for me to do. Um, it's based on, and this is going to sound a little bit out there, their birth information. Because no matter how we want to deny that we're influenced by outer things, we've got these huge planets flying around us in certain patterns. And they pull on us, just like the moon pulls on the water to change the tides. These heavenly bodies are pushing and pulling on us. So if we know their birth time, date, and place, we can pull up a chart. And the three most important things are what kind of vehicle are they? How, how detail oriented are they? Or what's their strategy? And can they, 
can they, do they need to be pulled out of their shell or can they come out of their shell themselves? And just knowing those three things can transform a relationship so quickly because all of a sudden they feel seen. They feel like somebody gets them and being seen at that, that level, just those three things shifts a lot. And so if, if I can get that information, then I can give a short synopsis of that personality and those three things will shift a relationship. So do you recommend obviously doing it for yourself to understand what you need, what, what kind of car you are? And then do you recommend when you have a team to do that for the team as well, the, the people that you're working with so that you have a better understanding about them? I do. And, and obviously the proof is always in the pudding, right? So if you see it for yourself and you can look at this chart and be like, yes, I recognize these traits in myself, or now I understand myself a little bit better, then you can transmit those tools to your team. And it comes down to even depending on certain traits in this chart. um, If you have three people working together, it would be important that personality A and personality B come together first because they still have space for the third person to come in. So it's even in how you build the team and the dynamic, whether that third person feels included or like they're a third wheel and unnecessary. And it's an energetic thing. It's something they will just feel they may not even be able to put words to. So go ahead. I was just going to say, we're very skeptical in our industry, probably more than others about anything. And it's, and it's interesting to me because you mentioned about like the moon and the, the water, you know, pulls. I mean, that, that's, that's science, right? That's science that, that there's energy that affects. And there's so many books written by people about trusting your gut and knowing and almost anything I've ever heard that something that went really well or something that went really poorly in somebody's life or something. They are like, I, I knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew I should have done this instead. I just got this thought to go play the lottery with these five numbers or whatever. And so wherever you think that that comes from, there isn't any denying that there's something, right? I mean, right. people, but, and so we often just close our mind to it, but it's like how many times you walk in a room and somebody just has a bad vibe, you know, they just have a mm-hmm. bad, whether you call it energy vibe, whatever, or you go to walk in somewhere, you go to do something and something in your head, your body says, no, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. So why do you yeah. think that we're so opposed to <laughs> paying more attention to that? Like what, why? Mm-hmm we have been programmed not to trust how we feel. We've been programmed to trust what's going on in our heads. And as you talked about the, the lizard brain, we also have these ancient parts of our bodies that are our instinct and our intuition. The thing in us that hears the rattle in the bushes and it's like, that's a bear. We need to run, right? You don't have time to be like, maybe that's a bear. Maybe it's just a bird. We don't have time for that mental contemplation. Right. We need to react, right? So so that's another beautiful part of the system is it tells you where people are getting their authority from, where they make decisions at, or where's the best place for them to make a decision. And our brains are there to bring in concepts and to get new ideas, but our decisions are made in those ancient parts of ourselves. And if we can learn to trust the feeling 
when we need to make a decision, especially a big decision, right? Do I hire this person? That's just an example. Like there have been times where we've in, I'd interviewed somebody and they looked great on paper, but there was just something like this rock in my stomach going, no, this is a really bad idea. And you'd be like, but you know, then the brain starts in, but this and but that and but this and well, that sounds logical. So let's hire them. And it turns into a total disaster because you didn't follow that gut instinct. That is probably one of the biggest things that I hear about when people are hiring and even any industry, not just ours, but people say like, I knew, I knew I shouldn't have hired that person. I, I knew there was something off and but I did it anyway because they they did override their feeling with, well, they had this many years experience. They have these certifications. They have all of this. And I guess it's a, like a conundrum because you want to follow data and look at things, right, and not make crazy decisions based on a whim. But finding that balance of let me trust my feelings, my gut and say, sometimes that, listen, I understand on paper, that's good, but I'm not going to do it. Or sometimes things are bad on paper and, and, and you do it and it works out well. I, Dave Martin, you, who, you know, was on a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago talking about, he has a marketing thing and he has cookies now made in his likeness. And so oh. his whole thing is women are always wanting to bite his head off and everybody's always biting his head off. And so he might as well let them do it. And Every marketing person, every expert, every whatever said, this is a bad idea. It's going to, you know, you're going to be spending a lot of money and wasting money and doing it. And it's been the most fantastic and successful marketing campaign he's ever had. So, and I want to just throw that out there because it doesn't have to be about, I'm, I'm, you know, I didn't buy the Hummer at list price and now sell it for a hundred thousand or, you know, over whatever. I mean, just, it, it can apply to anything. And Somehow he knew and he trusted his gut and went against what the experts say. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, that is a that is a tight rope for sure when you're like facts, yeah. feelings, facts, feelings. So there's a difference between having that kind of gut feeling and then being led by emotions. And I can you yes. can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So emotions, emotions are a wave. <laughs> And depending on where we're at in our emotional wave, we need to be careful about making that decision. So we want to make sure that we've ridden a full cycle of our emotions before we make a decision. Just talking about Dave, he he chose something in joy to make people laugh. Joy and laughter is always a key, like because they're going to think it's funny. And that was his intention. Yep. Like, let's just make fun of it. It's hilarious. <laughs> he's he's hacking the system by making fun of it, right? Yeah. yeah and, and by always, yeah, everybody's biting my head off. Well, now they can. Here's a cookie. Go bite my head off and come back and we'll talk, right? He's buying time. He's, he's creating a physical moment for them to like bite his head off and then kind of laugh about it. And now you've broken the tension and now you can move forward. So the emotion, it ha- we have to be careful of the emotion because we don't want to make a decision from fear. If we don't hire this guy, we're going to be backed up for a week. That's not a good premise to, to, to make a decision from. If we sit back and wait a day or two and ride out that emotional wave and go through a high and low cycle and be like, okay, he looks good on paper, but there's just something here I know is not going to work. He's not going to gel with the team. He's not going to like the service advisor. He doesn't respect my partner. Like you can just, you can kind of, 
the emotional, that initial emotional response of, oh, heck no, then you can put logic to because you've had time to really think about and process it. So, so, and, and our minds will lie to us. I, I know that's like kind of a weird thought, but they will because it gets us on this hamster wheel and we're looking at everything from every perspective. Well, that's lost income if we don't hire him. But what if he turns into a worker's comp claim? But, you know, what if it's a, he's a drama queen or her, like, like if we can sit back, imagine what you can save by waiting two days to make a decision then all the drama and the angst that's going to come from making a bad decision, going against your intuition, the win in the two-day cycle is way better than the potential gains by making a snap decision. You know, they, they say that about everything, though, whether it's a buying a boat or a house or anything when you... What I, And I, I can't think of the exact advice right now or the, the, the quote, but to never do anything and make a decision in your highest high or lowest low because because that is a roller coaster and and we do need to pay attention to that and i wanted to make sure we covered that a little bit because i know they'll be like well kim you said just go with my god and you know i was blah 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 did this but it's 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 two different things when when you really break it down right of that that instinct that gut feeling versus I'm so happy right now. I'm going to buy a whatever, or I'm so sad right now. So I'm going to move or. And and I can tell you a quick story, just exactly that. So when Tim passed, he passed unexpectedly. Like this was not something we expected to happen. The last day we were at home before that happened, he said to me, you know, when we get back, we really need to think about selling the truck because I have a feeling something's wrong with it. And it was a 2012, it was three years old at the, no, four years old at the time it had like 80,000 miles on it. Like I would never have thought that, but he said that thing to me right before all the, all the stuff happened and it stuck with me. So when I came home six weeks later and he had passed away, I was like, I need a new truck. And, and every conventional wisdom would have been, don't make this decision right now. Like you're in the shock of a, of a trauma. You're in grief. Like this is not a good idea. Don't make this decision, which is purposely why I didn't talk to anybody about it. Because <laughs> 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 I knew, you know, in my gut, in my heart, in everything in my body, I was driving that truck thinking, if something happens, I'm going to be on the side of the road and there's other than the AAA guy, there's nobody coming to save me, right? Because all my family is 1,500 miles away. And I, it just, there was, like, I couldn't deny it. And even though I thought, oh, you're just trying to, like, comfort yourself or that's an impulse buy, the feeling wouldn't leave. So I sat on it for a couple of days. And within a week of coming home, I went and bought a new truck, traded that one in. It was a great deal. Everything went perfectly. So... So yes, it's like there's times not to make a decision, but again, if there's something down here like telling you and it just won't leave you alone, go with that. Cuz cuz you you there's something more at play there in that that ancient part of us telling us you need to fix this than the brain telling, oh, "I'm not supposed to make any decisions for 2 years cuz I just, you know, experienced a trauma." Well, I would, I would have listened to any advice Tim gave. So I, I would have went with the truck anyway. And went, I wouldn't have sat and waited for a couple of days. I would have just been like, Tim said to do it. I'm going to do it. Cause he right. just was that kind of guy that 
when he said some, he wasn't overly chatty or overly whatever. So when he said something, you you knew to listen. It's like, okay, yes. Tim's talking. This yes. is important. Yes. It was for for those of us old enough to remember E.F. Hutton. He was the E.F. Hutton, right? He, when he talks, you listen. He sure he sure was. He sure was. Yeah. All right. So first step. After they're like, okay, I was listening to Kim's podcast today and her and Gina are crazy and I don't know what the hell they were talking about and whatever, but I do get gut feelings sometimes and there has been countless times that I'm like, I knew I shouldn't have done that or I knew I should have done that and they didn't. And so they can reach out to you and you can chat a little bit and, and look at the charts, the charts our tools, right? They're just like a diagnostic um, diagram, an electrical diagram, a trouble tree. Uh, let's look at the chart. Where where did we miss the point, right? Where did we go wrong? And then where do we do better in the future? Because when we bring awareness, then we can bring good decisions. And if we're if we're programmed a certain way, like if we have a fear and fear is a thing that comes up for us, then we need to know, identify the fear and then move past it, right? With with knowledge, not from fear, but okay, see the fear. That's not the truth. What is the truth? So we can use the charts and play to these details in these charts that just give you these, these like the, if you know these three things, you can move through a situation. And it's a lesson, it's, it, you know, we, we spend so much time learning about marketing, about certain cars, taking classes. Why not get the owner's manual for ourselves where we can open the book or call me and be like, I don't know where this is coming from, but I can pinpoint it. And then we can say, okay, this is how we work through it. So, so I've always been like, wouldn't it be great if we had an owner's manual for ourselves? <laughs> now we do. Now we can identify where is I, where am I getting tripped up and why does this cycle keep repeating? Then once we bring awareness, then we know. So the next time the check engine light comes on and there's a PO303, we know to go look at cylinder number three first before we do anything else and trace that one backwards, right? So it's, it's that building that emotional intelligence about ourselves, just the way we do about knowledge of our vehicles and about what we're working on so that the next time we've got that added value, the next time we get to the answer quicker and we've same time and energy. Fantastic. And there's so, there's so many tools out there for really understanding who you are, how the language that you speak that you need to hear things in, in studies and studies and studies have shown that we really have to treat everybody as an individual. We have to first know ourselves. Then we have to treat everybody as an individual. The, the way of, of mentoring and coaching and leading a team of just everybody hears the same thing, the same way at the same time, we know does not work and it hasn't worked in a very long time. And I'm not sure that it ever worked uh, other than back when, people were afraid to lose their job in the depression and, you know, do anything. And so I, I hope that people start taking advantage of more of the resources out there and really getting to understand themselves and people on an individual basis, because that's, that's how you lead a team and whatever tool that you use to, to diagnose it. So I really appreciate you coming here today. And I always love chatting with you, as you know, so. 
but it was a lot of fun and I hope we haven't like blown some head offs, maybe just opened a little thing, but, but technology is evolving. So just like the technology in our cars is evolving, our technologies of ourselves are evolving and more and more is coming out and more and more is coming to life. So like you said, you know, we've had the Briggs Meyer test, we've had the Wonderlick test. Those to some degree can be cheated, right? You can give what you think is the right answer. But with this stuff, the numbers just don't lie because they there's no way to. It's just an interpretation. So they can be a little, in addition to all those wonderful tools that we have, now we can add this technology as well. And it is technology. It's just, it's just science. So um, thank you for giving me the opportunity. I have a deep heart for you, for ATI, for the whole like automotive community. I just that's what got me to where I am, even though it seems like a total quantum leap. (laughs) But that experience set me up for this. And I'm so grateful for it. Um, And I've got all my wonderful ATI family that that even today, I know I can pick up the phone and talk to certain people and I know they're going to be there for me. So it's been rich for me. And this is my opportunity to share what I'm doing now and maybe pay some of that back. Wonderful. Well, thank you. So all of Jean-Anne's contact information will be in the comments below. So you can click on it and get hooked up with her and uh, love, lovely to see you as always. And good to see you too. Anytime is a great time (laughs) chatting with you. So I will be back next week, everybody. And in the meantime, stay safe, make good choices and stay inspired. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can.